Welcome to the Edition Wars podcast, where we take a deep dive into the mechanics and playstyles of all the editions of our favorite game. We look at what worked, what didn't, what led to better games, as well as what got left in the playtesting cutting room floor, and we talk about it all. In this episode, we are still discussing the uh, Unrest Arcana 2023 Player's Handbook Druid and Paladin Packet. in our last episode, we covered the Paladin class and its Oath of Devotion subclass. And this time, we, uh, Lord Willen and the Creek Don't Rise, are going to get through character feats, uh, spells, and the rules glossary. It would be really nice if we could get through all of that. Uh, yep, that'd be super cool. Um, so... Uh, there are some sidebars in this document talking about how they have uh, um, amped up the uh, epic boons. That's um, mentioned at the end of the uh, the druid class. Uh, it is not repeated on the the paladin um, class, but doesn't need to be because you know reading. <laughs> uh, so let's see what they've done. Uh, these are epic boons we've specifically seen in the previous packet. They, they specifically took the ones that are for the priest class that we saw in the cleric um, packet, and they've cranked them up. Uh, as a reminder, when you get these at 20th level, you also get two points of uh, ability score increase that can break the 20 cap. Right. That's what everybody gets at class level 20. Um, The fact that they have continued to uh, goose up that reward suggests to me that they want people to look at this and say, yep, sticking with one class and not multi-classing for 20 levels was the right call. Right. which for all the campaigns good. that make it twentieth, which is totally a common thing, as right. we all know. But it's good because some of the epic boons were just very weak mm. before. Mm-hmm. So to 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 goose these up is a very very good idea. For sure. For sure. Um, but what is interesting is that in addition to the two points of ability score increase that you pick up, you also get an ability score increase from the epic boon itself. Mm-hmm that likewise follows the new cap of 30 rather than the previous cap of 20. So uh, we have the epic boon of fate, the epic boon of spell recall, and the epic boon of true sight. Um, to take the last one first, uh, oh, right, that's where the other Here's sidebar the, is. Yeah, the design, uh, note. design note again. Um, so to take the last one first, the epic boon of true sight is the one that we kind of agreed needed the least. Because yeah, because true sight rules. Mm-hmm. It's really right. good. Yes, true sight is very, very good. <laughs> um, and a sixty foot range is incredibly dominating for a lot of purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it now also grants that point of ability score intel- to intelligence, wisdom, or charisma to a maximum of thirty. Um, so that's obviously great. Um, working my way. Back upward, um, you have the Epic Boon of Spell Recall, um, which is also available to mages as before. And again, 
uh, has the uh, plus one to intelligence, wisdom, or charisma option, uh, where previously it gave you one additional uh, fifth level slot. And that's it. Now it is uh, whenever you cast a spell with a spell slot, a first, second, third, or fourth level, roll a d4. If the number you roll equals the slot's level, the slot isn't expended. So you have a 25% chance, right, Mm -hmm. of retaining your slot. And that's fine. That's fine. Um, You know, I wish it was a D8. You wish it was a D8? Yeah. Uh, Well, that would obviously be uh, super badass, but uh, I'm not. But you have to match the slot level. Right. Yeah. It's it's match, not exceed. So the D8 is kind of not a super help well but it could give you back a, you know a right. level spell i mean like i'm just saying like, right but you you drop from a 25 percent chance down to a 12.5 percent chance so yes but that 12 percent chance gets you such a huge reward whereas you know you cast a first level spell you didn't know I, I i hear you i hear you um i would not be surprised to see this get a little more love um in a final um mm-hmm. but you know looking at it you're at this level you're going to be you're going to have about uh 13 total spell slots mm-hmm. um so you're probably going to have this click right three times right you're probably going to get it to work about three times it's nice uh it's even like reasonably epic uh eh. it's not it's not like jaw dropping but it's certainly better than it was i think reasonably epic is right. a paradoxical uh-huh. statement right yep uh-huh i agree but with that the whole point that it's epic is that it's not reasonable yeah um <laughs> and, and and as much as i complain about you know fifth edition pcs being overpowered and too many spells and whatnot but at twentieth level, uh, at twentieth level, I want something related to spells that's truly epic. And this, no, I, I hear you. This doesn't um, feel truly epic to me. I'd like to see them experiment with um, D six minus one, and you need to exceed or, or meet or exceed, right? Yeah. So that you can still fail. Like mm-hmm. I get they don't want it to just be first level spell slots are free, mm-hmm. um, and there are really good reasons for that. It makes things weird. Um, but D six minus one. Okay. So there's still a chance to roll a zero, but, uh, meets or exceed uh, meets or exceeds would be great. You, you'd still have your, your shot at even a fifth level slot, which is fine. It's fine. No one cares. Cause, Cause here's my thing, right? So the, the Epic boon of true sight. Okay. Uh-huh. That person that has that Epic boon has true sight. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, the time. A feat for a feat that gives you a, a new passive is just always right. amazing. Just right. a, a, any feat design ever will tell you that new passives uh, just rock. Right. But uh, even the even the epic boon of fate, which we're going to talk about next, it has yep. something that is frequent. Right. You, you can yep. do that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a big benefit, right? Yep. Um, for sure. Whereas I, I I don't know the epic I don't know uh, look a twentieth level caster casting a first level spell no, no I mean mm. you're not wrong you're not wrong 
anyway. Um, so I'm just p- opening up the other document to do a quick side-by-side comparison and make sure I get that right. Um, yeah, so, so so right, it was uh, one fifth level slot, uh, mm-hmm. once per long rest. Right. Whoop de do. So epic yeah, boon of fate. Know. Again, not not epic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so epic boon of fate um was previously um at a D ten uh add or subtract a D ten from a D twenty roll um once per roll of initiative or finish a short rest or finish a long rest. So that felt very much like a bardic feature, but maybe not super impressive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so now it is uh, 2d4 rather than 1d10. So a little more reliable, right? That's okay. Right. Reliable is all right for, for a feature like this. As a bonus or penalty, um, not more than once per turn. Okay, fine. But eight uses per long rest. Uh, oh, sorry, eight uses. And you regain 2d4 uses on a long rest. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, if you use up all eight, probably you won't have eight the next day, but you probably would have eight, eight the day after that. So mm-hmm. you have a real chance to not be at full over the course of a multi-day adventure. Yeah. There's something weird about the way this is written too. It's like uh, if they, it, it, it ha- a creature within 60 feet of you fails a D20 test Mm. and you get to apply what you roll as a bonus or penalty. Well, if they already failed. Yeah. Yeah. I missed that. That's a really good catch. If they Um, already failed, why a penalty, right? Like that's a, it should say when they make a D20 test, right? Uh When they roll a D20 test. And that's what it says in the the previous document makes a D20 test. Yeah. So they're obviously fiddling with this, uh, in more ways than one, right? They're trying to find I, a sweet spot. I strongly suspect that that is an error. Yeah. Uh, because that doesn't make sense. Right. I think that that just slipped in, errors happen. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is definitely better. All three of them are better. De- um, yes. They are definitely tr- better than the original. Yes. For my money, I think True Sight is there. Um, I think Spell Recall needs to get goosed up a little more. Not a ton more. It doesn't have to be absolutely bonkers for a single feat because you might get more than one of these over the course of yeah. you know, very late gameplay. And Epic Boon of Fate, like if if it printed like this, other than the error just noted, I'd be fine. If it got a little better, I'd be fine. I wouldn't want to see it lose anything. That's that's where I feel about that. Yeah. Maybe maybe you start with ten uses. Yeah, that'd be fine. If it were two D six, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it's yeah, fine. I, there's little ways to goose it up. It's it's okay yeah. as written right now, other than the error. But it, it is it is very friendly to small tinkering mm-hmm. right now. And that's kind of nice in itself. Right. Um I honestly didn't hate the uh initiative short rest, long rest uh refresh. I thought that was mm-hmm. rather nice. So who knows? Um because I did not specifically call it out, I will say that there is ability score increase attached to the Epic Bone of Fate also. Again, yeah. intelligence, wisdom, charisma, mm-hmm. plus one, cap of 30. That's real nice. Um, and, you know, being more generous with ability score increases uh, on even your Epic Boons. Great. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the really strange things in um, 
the 2014 uh, rules is that the barbarian is the only class that inherently gets a way to break the um, ability score cap of, of 20. Um, for everything else, you need to go to um, magic items, you know, the, the books of increasing stats or whatever. Um, it's kind of it's kind of weird that that is how that uh, got made into a barbarian thing. Yeah, yeah. like I, I like the barbarians have legendary strength and con. That's great, but what about everybody else, guys? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, this feels a little more like getting right with that. I appreciate that. Um, and it feels really epic. I mean, you're you you've got your attributes are more than one are going up. Oh, uh-huh. oh, uh-huh. that's a good feeling. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. If there's any cause for concern, it's just, hey, uh, now you are in a whole new race to push your ability score to 30. Is that sure. really the most satisfying? But right. it's fine. It's it's honestly fine. Because like even for a very epic friendly campaign, which is not something we really hear a lot about people doing right uh though i have my own ambitions um <laughs> like getting enough epic boons to worry about getting to 30 okay that's, yeah that's okay that's, pull the other one right 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 yeah so this is fine um so next up uh we get um yeah, we get spells so there are uh, a bunch of revised spells in here, and they're broken out on their own. Um, and so all of the smite spells are revised here to work well with the new action economy that they want for paladins. It's a it's a small but important change. Um, the smite spells in 2014 are historically not very popular Mm -hmm. because they cost a lot. They're declared before your attack roll and they do less damage than just a divine smite. They're there to give you an additional bit, additional condition or whatever. Um, But they cost your concentration. So if you're running bless or divine favor or not divine favor, that one's, not concentration, but a lot of great paladin spells are concentration. Even more true in one D and D, where they have access to just all of the the cleric list, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you want to be doing something with your concentration, and having this smite spell for you know less than a round while you cast it and then attacking it. <laughs> so a lot of these have had concentration stripped out. Uh, and just have a duration of one minute. Um, and then, um, you know, they, they only affect one attack, but that's intrinsic with their bonus action casting time. Uh, as the casting time is now a bonus action, which you take immediately after hitting a creature with a weapon or an arm strike. Um, so, I mean, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm as long as we don't start seeing paladin subclasses that are highly dependent on a bonus action. (laughs) Uh, They're already kind of failing that one. 
by the way, right? Because of, if you look at um, the Oath of Devotion, you know, our only current example, mm-hmm. uh, they already have Sacred Weapon as something they want to be doing with their time and channel divinities, right? Uh, and also eventually Holy Nimbus. Well, that's certain to starting to be meaningful competition for your bonus action um, just because if that's two rounds of a combat that you're doing this stuff uh, plenty of combats don't make it three rounds frankly Right. Uh, divine sense also bonus action not that you're going to divine sense in the middle of combat that often but mm-hmm. let's not get bogged down <laughs> uh, so my point is just um Bonus actions are great. I like them as a thing. I have seen some of the the cracks that have uh, come into those rules over the years with the competition for your bonus action coming from magic items, class features, you know, the, the two up and fighting rules. Um, again, that's not a thing in one D&D. Two up and fighting works differently here, but... Mm-hmm. The point stands that if your subclass is highly dependent, if your class or subclass are highly dependent on uh, bonus actions, pay attention to how that plays forward. It can right. go bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the first spell is Banishing Smite. Uh, it follows the new change in rules for the banishment spell that we saw in the previous document, except this one doesn't require concentration. Has a duration of one minute. Honestly, not having concentration on a banishment is incredibly powerful. That's mm-hmm. that's amazing. Um, it does get a save every round to try to bring itself back to you know, the situation. And it doesn't stay banished unless it fails all of its saves. Uh, that's probably not going to happen because that's 10 chances um and you know in in a bounded accuracy environment you're just not pushing success off the table that hard that's not a thing Mm -hmm. but anyway um it's also interesting that this spell that's designed for paladins mainly um is very friendly to melee clerics uh in that it has net higher levels for spell slots that paladins don't have Right. Uh, but it's on the divine list, so melee clerics can do fine with it. I I guess that's your life now. <laughs> um, it just makes me really, really hope that for melee arcane casters, we'll see some, some similar love, right? Uh, right? Of new spells that are for them to cast as part of an attack or as a bonus action following an attack. Um, because this is tagged divine, it doesn't go to them, but this is very much in the concept of what you want if you're playing a blade singer or a uh, pact of the blade warlock or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the next one is blinding smite. It does what it says in the tin. Again, no concentration. Uh, it's great. Um, it, it is. Uh, you know, in all meaningful ways, pretty similar to um, its predecessor, I believe. Um, so 
find familiar uh, is changed up a bit in the same way that uh, the druid uses a procedural set block uh, to get their stats. You have use a procedural stat block for your familiar. Mm-hmm. This is as opposed to uh, using the actual stats of an owl, qua owl, um, as we see in 2014. Yeah. And this and we, is important. We discussed this at length when we talked about the druids. While okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, right. I forgot. We did talk about this and the extremely optimal owl mm-hmm. stuff of flyby <laughs> attack. Right. So, right. Which, um, you know, this has the same problem. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, you don't get flyby attack anyway. No, but I, I just mean in terms of the, uh, it, it has the same problem and the same benefits of making it a procedural stat block right. versus, uh, putting it in a book as, Hey, this is one of the animals that, you know, could apply, you yep. know, uh, I think in this case, it's a better idea. Right. For me personally. Um, for the uh, druid, I think it creates other problems. Here, I think it's fine. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure what we might see going forward with the druid. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the reaction that I've been hearing is mixed enough that uh, there might be some some changes coming down the pike, but we'll see. Um, so, uh, this does a lot of classic familiar stuff without really ever doing a lot to support, uh, you're familiar actually mixing it up in a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, otherworldly scratch, uh, you know, does very little damage on its own. Uh, it's one plus the level of the spell you, you burn for the fine familiar, uh, yeah, base of one, so ooh, two damage. Um, and right. deliver Again, spell. This is yeah. this is the same thing, right? Like the what, about what we said about the druid, where yeah. you know this issue is the issue is with the druid. It's is it supposed to be a combatant, right? Whereas here, I think you could make the case. Well, the familiar isn't really supposed to be a combatant. Yeah. Right. right. It's Very supposed much. to be an animal helper. Right. And so the result here really is um, centering design intent mm-hmm. for familiars as a thing. It does what they intend and not, you know, it doesn't carry as many unintended side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, as a reaction, it can deliver a spell that uh, you cast as a range of touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of cool. Um, that's the thing that familiars have been able to do since forever, and it's still great. Uh, it uses familiar's reaction. And um, you have your you have your other typical familiar things, right? Like remote viewing. That's yep. good. You can see through its eyes. Like this. This. Yeah, that's why I say, like here, I don't think that this is a problem as much as I right. feel like we found a lot of problems with the druid procedural right. stat block for the for the wild shape right this right. doesn't have the same issues for me i'm not saying it has no issues it just doesn't have the same issues uh, they're, yeah they're much yeah. less uh problematic for me i would agree with that um extra dimensional escape giving them a once per long rest 
get out of jail was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, it's a little bit of, yeah, the, the DMs really going after my familiar. Well, if I just keep them, you know, I can let them out once they snap back to my pocket and I keep them out of my pocket after that. Right. That's probably a, a good middle ground. I, yeah. I, think I like that. Yeah. Um, and then we see the exact same idea, but extended to steeds mm-hmm. in the next spell. Right. Um, and so you have another procedural step block for your otherworldly steed. Um, we talked about this with the paladins, you know, use of fine steed. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it is weird to have um, a, a phase steed that deals psychic damage with its <laughs> otherworldly maul. Right. The, the visual narrative there is really badly broken for me. I really quite dislike that. Yeah. But I don't actually want hooves to be all radiant damage. I want the want the animal to have to feel like it's a little bit physically real mm-hmm. instead of sort of the the fully figment based thing that I get from well, all of its damage is radiant or all necrotic or all psychic. Right. I, it, it doesn't sit right. Um, I'm not not crazy about that. I do like the bonus actions and each of the different types of steed having its own bonus mm-hmm. action. Yeah. I, I do like those as well. Um, and uh, boy, howdy does the otherworldly steed need more hit points um, <laughs> because uh, you know, you're using a second level spell to, to cast this uh, as your paladin feature. You know, the, at base, it's a second level spell slot. Well, 25 hit points and uh, 12 AC doesn't feel great. It may be that that's still better than what they had going in 2014, but shining a light on an old problem doesn't make me feel great about mm-hmm. something that is still kind of a problem. Right. Better than the old one may still not be good enough, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boy, it'd be nice to have animals have some kind of skill or saving throw proficiency or something. This just feels very weak on defense for something that does need to go into combat with you. This is a combat pet. It has to be. Right. Well, and this that's is very where, much in theme. Yeah, and this is where I have an issue with it because this stat block reads like a magical effect. Mm-hmm. And not a steed that I'm going to ride into battle because mm-hmm. I'm a badass paladin. I agree with that. Right. And and at the same time as it being a magical effect, that's why it only has 25 hit points. Right. And that's why its damage is all radiant or all, you know, uh, psychic or all necrotic. Like, yep. because it's a magical effect, it's not a real steed. And that sort of violates my idea of what a paladin would cast this spell for uh-huh right yep and so it just it kind of leaves a regardless of the mechanics of it it leaves kind of a uh i have a dissonance with it right it's kind of leaving a bad taste in my mouth because it's not the battle steed that i picture my paladin of bahamut riding i feel you um I do like that if you use this boss slot of fourth level or higher, it gains a fly speed of 60. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Felglare is probably not good enough to be actually fun because a single um, chance to frighten a creature and this can just fail and recharges after a long rest. Mm -hmm. Oof, that is not <laughs> as good as a teleport or a heal. Yeah. So I'm not, not thrilled with that. Um, so Glimmering Smite is the new um, Branding Smite, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Or Blinding. No, no. No, blinding. no we already have yeah. Blinding. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, let me, let me, let me pull that up. And... Uh, uh, it was Branding. Yep, Branding yep. Smite. And uh, yeah, uh, so so it's the one that reveals invisible creatures. Yeah. Um, yep. I don't want to guess too much as to why the name change was important to them. Um, I'm I'm assuming that there is a sensitivity reader issue, but mm, that's that's mm -hmm. an assumption, not yeah, actual knowledge. Uh, this one does still have concentration. Um, unlike some others, but I mean, has an ongoing effect. So yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind the name change either. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not fussed about the name change. Yeah. It, it, um, it kind of reminds me of um, fairy fire. It is fairy fire. It is it's, it's, it, with the advantage to hit. That is a difference from branding smite. Right. Uh, which only reveals invisible. Mm -hmm. uh, this carries the additional fairy fire effect. Uh, remember that fairy fire does also reveal invisible. So that, that is very much delivered here. Mm -hmm. And so that's cool. I'm done with yeah. that. And and so for that reason, the name change for me fits it, regardless yep. of what the reasoning was. Like I'm, yep. I'm fine with the name change regardless, but this actually, I, I kind of, I appreciate what it's doing more. I and, would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about that. Um, so searing smite um, uh, is an ongoing damage effect in addition to its upfront damage. Yeah. And as it is ongoing, does also uh, have concentration. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, yep. Like that one. Yep. Uh, then we get to uh, the revised Spare the Dying. Um, so this is this is a weird thing that we're going to get to in the rules glossary. Mm -hmm. But Spare the Dying uh, is where we see that they've really changed what it means to be at zero hit points mm -hmm. and what it means to be dying. Um, dying is a condition that mm -hmm. you can just have. Right. And... Um, if you are on zero hit points, you're either dying or dead. Anything else, you might not be conscious, but you're not on zero you're hit points. Yeah. You're at one hit point mm -hmm. to be not dying. Um, and gaining that hit point is the thing that removes the dying condition. I don't think they're doing themselves any favors here. I think they're shifting the point of confusion one hit point higher mm -hmm. to no great gain mm -hmm. yeah i think that they had something workable and fine and i don't think they're actually saving anything here sorry um i the, agree with you 
the the main of the throughput is the same, uh, except that now that Spare the Dying actually causes hit points to be regained, it's going to trigger other you know, when you regain hit points effects. Right. Um, and uh, let me see something real quick. Um, you know, looking at um, the uh, life domain. Um, yeah. So um, that that is part of when you cast a spell, or spell you cast with a spell slot that you see in the life domain. Um, all of those features need that additional with a spell slot language to make absolutely sure they don't trigger on spell the die, spread the dying, right? Because mm, um, mm-hmm. it's a cantrip, yeah. Because it's a cantrip. Uh, they don't want you to get to, you know, toss out your extra effects on that. But well, and I'm wondering if they're removing the use of the word stable. Uh, right. Like there's still a medicine skill, right? Uh, there is still a medicine skill, and and, and, and can't change can any skills use it to stabilize someone. Which would if in effect do the same thing as the old the twenty fourteen spare the dying right because the twenty fourteen spare the dying you just if you're at zero hit points you're now stable so you you get to quit making death saves right but you don't heal anything uh, so this, so uh, heal so with the dying condition moving down to the rules glossary for a moment. You remain unconscious until you gain any hit points or until another creature uses an action to administer first first aid to you, which requires a successful DC-10 wisdom medicine check. So so stabilizing a creature is still a thing, though. It says it in the initial part there. Um, it says, uh, oh, no, this says it replaces the following rules. It replaces falling unconscious, death saving throws, and stabilize. So they are getting rid of stabilizing. Well, Maybe. Maybe. Uh, that's uh, that was just my question. Was right. Um, they, there must be either substantially changing that or getting rid of it. Right. Um, this doesn't actually cover uh, using a medicine check before you have uh, accrued your failures or successes that I can see. So I assume we're going to get some more uh, mechanics there because that would be uh, a grossly unnecessary weakening of uh, an already incredibly weak skill. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's why I was saying, yeah. do we still yeah. have it? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, right. It's still there. It's still referenced. Um, it's just that all it does now is wake you up after you have already got your successes. Um, but that remain unconscious until you regain any hit points. Like, that is stable. It's just not a rules item anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, right, but that's the, but the, what I'm saying is that's a, that's an important point. I, right? No, no, I, I get you. I get you. So, yeah, that word had had a lot of stuff hanging on it, and uh-huh. now it's the dying condition, which is going to have everything hanging on it. Right. Uh, I mean, problem adjusted at absolute best. Right. Oh yeah. No, I'm not saying it solves anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, listening to Jeremy uh, talk about rules changes in his interviews with. Uh, with Todd Kenrick, um, there's a lot of discussion of, okay, this is now a rules object that can interact with things right. um, as the kind of language that happens in those, those conversations. And mm-hmm. 
that's why we are using that language also. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm not wild about where this is going. I, it doesn't seem to um, improve user experience in a way that I can see. You regain one hit point, but now you still need a, a medicine check to do the last little bit. But uh, I, it, I don't know. It doesn't. Do you, though? But when you regain that hit point, you're no longer dying. So you don't need the medicine check. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, because the dying guess, condition yeah. says no, you're right. that when you, you gain, longer, regain yeah. any when you're if you regain any hit points while yeah. dying, this condition ends. No, you're right. That's right. Um, but still, I, I still agree with the premise of what you're saying, though, right? Like, yeah. the, all they did was shift the language. We really haven't changed anything about any confusing nature of zero hit points versus, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. And I appreciate wanting to make the game easier to learn. Just sure. it, I'm not sure this achieves that well enough. Um, and you know, we'll see. Um, moving on, Staggering Smite uh, is uh, changed in that instead of denying reactions and um, let me make sure I get all the things it does. Staggering Smite, here we go. All right. Um, on a failed save, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks and can't take reactions till the end of its next turn. That's what it did before. Now it's just straight up stunned. Yeah. Um, and so it, takes, it is takes damage. So it's yeah. more of a shutdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, fourth level spell slot. So you know, paladins can't just spam this the way maybe a cleric can. Um, and uh, it, it is uh, a shifted from evocation to enchantment, um, which is a real weird call. Enchantment, really. Mm. It's yeah. it's not because of its great force. It's staggering because it enchants your mind. What a weird call. Um, yeah, it's it's almost like uh, like that, it's, it's almost like you're, the you're story casting it. You're it's like you're casting it on the weapon or fist that's doing the attack. Yeah, right? well, so you're enchanting the weapon so that it then stuns. Yeah, the that that is how second edition would use enchantment. Because enchanted item was in the enchantment school, mm-hmm. but uh, not how uh, this team has tended to use that word. Sure, no, I'm um, not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just like, saying, like, it this feels a, like that—that's what this shift is about, right? Yeah, just treating this as more of a like mind affecting thing. Yeah, it's psychic damage. I see that. That's also weird, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It feels like a big change in the narrative, and I don't maybe think that's true to the paladin all that much. Um, yeah, you cast divine spells, but your a lot of your effects do psychic damage. Is uh, weird. Yeah. Right. Um, so to to wrap up the spells, you have thunderous smite and wrathful smite. Um, thunderous is very little changed except that um, there's a change to the language of what it means to be knocked down. Um, Not to have the prone condition. Yeah. It, you Instead of, uh, you know, 
where it says uh, in 2014, be pushed 10 feet away from you and knocked prone. Um, now it says, and have the prone condition. Mm-hmm. That that construction is ugly. It may be precise, but it right. So it, it is sort of so formal as to not be great and helpful. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, so what it tells me is it's a signal that, and there have been other signals throughout these different UA documents, but it's just one one more signal that they are going to have a lot of things hanging on conditions because conditions, when you, when you use the certain language like this around them, you have the prone condition. It's a lot easier to program in a computer to apply this set of circumstances based on that condition. And if you make it very clear that that is the condition that is occurring, it's very easy, right? Knocked prone was very clear. Right, uh, and but, and it, that would actually not be different for a, com- for a computer I, if it's I, looking for I'm, I'm the not, prone I, hook. I, I agree with you. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying this suddenly is the one. I'm just saying this is more evidence that, look, here's what I see. And I, I still hesitate to make Pathfinder 2 comparisons, right? But when you start laying everything that could possibly be applied to a PC, if you start putting those into little boxes called conditions so that you can tag the name of that condition or that you know the the set of effects that occur because of that condition you're just keywording right that's all they're doing is keywording and when you when you keyword things like that suddenly you can find yourself in a situation where you have an unwieldy number of keywords that now everybody has to keep track of it's great for computer programs not so great for the human brain Right. Yeah. It's great with a small amount of keywording. It's not great with a large amount of keywording. Yep. Um, and here's where I point out that they've actually, in this document, we see them starting to back off on some of the very excessive capitalization of everything. Mm-hmm. Now it is only um, mildly excessive rather than uh, capitalized like a German who is uh, paid to capitalize things. <laughs> right. Sure. Um, yeah. So finally, wrathful, wrathful smite. Um, it's the one that causes frightened. Sure. Mm-hmm. Fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, it does have concentration because it has an ongoing yes. effect. That's yep, fine. Exactly. Except the target also gets to make a save at the end of each of its turns, um, which True. is fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so in other words, you don't just have to knock the concentration out of the paladin to. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so those are the spells. Uh, I mean, the the key takeaway is um, the things that summon something that's going to stay with you for a long time. Mm-hmm. Those are now procedural. Um, right. That's not a surprise. Uh, and also, um, the smites are reconfigured to be a bonus action that you use when a trigger happens. Mm-hmm. Right, they aren't reactions, but they are bonus actions that require a trigger to be able to use them. So that's fine. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that part of it. That's um, my. That's the least problematic thing. Yeah, for me. Uh, I mean, I, I am I am actively in favor of that bonus mm-hmm. action change for yeah. the smites. I think that I'm is a, yeah. a a good move for getting these to be more useful. Um, it 
does mean that's going to be the one spell you cast that that round, and you can't otherwise use Divine Smite. Right. That's fine. That's right. totally fine. Um, right. So that brings us to the rules glossary. Um, and again, God bless them for the change log. Mm-hmm. That's much better. I was going to say, the best piece of tech maybe in this document is that there's a change log. It's, it's quite thorough, yeah. right? Um, and there's some interesting removals here. Um, so, yeah. so even the even the stuff that is excised is worth a discussion, right? Uh, so, so just to, for the audience, it says if an entry is removed, that entry isn't moving forward in the playtest. Use the 2014 rule instead. So, in other, it's not just oh, we removed it to save space so that your playtest document isn't too long with repeat right. stuff that we've already showed you. It's no, no. It's been removed, and we're not moving forward with it. Yeah, that's super interesting. That is very uh, interesting. So uh, let's let's touch on some of the stuff that is changed here. Um, so uh, we're back to the original rules on ability checks. Ability checks were not wildly changed before. Right, um, but uh, ability checks don't by default take an action. Uh, it previously required you to take an action unless a rule says otherwise. Mm-hmm. Well, that's gone. It's whatever's appropriate to the thing, right? right. Um, hiding in combat is still going to take an action unless you are a rogue with cunning action or whatever. So, you know, fine. Um, it's just a lot of other applications are not inherently in action. Great. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, attack rolls. Uh, let's see what the text of that was. Um, oh, right. Uh, they had already uh, rolled that back a bit. Um but they're they're now just cutting out the entry entirely. The cleric document had already rolled us back to 2014 style crits. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's yep. that's what's happening there. Uh, climbing and swimming. Um, they they're showing us they're cutting the rule that you can't combine movement types in a single move. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's different. Um, climbing was already kind of a a weird corner case there. There. Right. Um, because you could still, you could shift between walking and climbing, but not climbing and swimming. Mm-hmm. Sort of already too right. complicated, frankly. <laughs> um, yeah. So the the dash action is chopped, um, which which again just re- means use the twenty fourteen version. It didn't actually disappear. It's correct. just not being fiddled with in the playtest at this point. Right. And the reason the dash action is chopped that way is that um, the the whole concept around moving um, is is changed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right? There were important things happening where you would need to dash to switch movement types, right? Because. Yeah. Yeah. You could use different movement types in a turn, but you had to use your move and then a dash. Well, that's mm-hmm. that's gone. Right. Um, and then 
there was a lot of business with the hidden condition being a condition that was on you as the hider. Mm-hmm. That's that's gone. Um, and we, uh, we had quite a bit of discussion about that. I think actually. right. It it got pretty pretty complicated. It's not guaranteed to be simple now, but mm-hmm. they've chopped the hidden right. condition anyway. Yeah. Uh, the one I'm excited about is the uh, jump. jump, jumping gone as an action. That's nobody Which misses we also, that. Yeah, we yeah. also talked a lot about because of just the mechanics themselves. <laughs> right. It was a it was a major failure of, you know, creating a swashbuckling action environment. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. While also uh, creating a minimum high jump. That is that would be record breaking, right? Uh, in in our world, yeah. For every single PC, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's just the default, it's, right? That, that's a minimum. Yeah. Your minimum hot jump, but no, no stop. Um, that's uh, you know, John Carter on Barsoom, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, very average dude turned out. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sorry about seeing the slowed condition go away. Yeah. Um, I was a fan of slowed condition. Maybe we'll see that come back and some yeah, form but I i'm guessing not because they would have probably not chopped it completely uh, maybe but they might they might bring it back as part of a move situation and not such like a condition you know maybe i don't know but having it as a condition was nice because it let other spells and effects right i i agree hang yeah. it right yeah. um and finally special speeds as a subsection of move are gone as we've been discussing yeah. um so with removed entries covered yeah. Uh, yeah. we have the rest of this bullet list to to get through. Uh, if you want to hear our thoughts on the dying condition, please see previous. <laughs> uh, we, we just uh, we did just a few minutes on that. Yeah. Um, the The rules are essentially similar, except that the idea of stable at zero is gone. You become unconscious at one. Mm-hmm. Um, you become caught. You become well, with three successes, yes. you're unconscious at right. one. Right. That's right. Yes. Um, and well, uh, yeah, you're still unconscious, right? So that's again another condition. Unconscious is a condition. So yes. You're, uh-huh. you're you're moving from the dying condition to the unconscious condition. Right. Um. So that's a thing. Um, yeah. Uh, it's something. so it's something. <laughs> Um, so knocking a creature out, um, is a a new entry here. Um, and it has to do with, um, deciding not to, uh, deliver a, uh, a a killing blow. Um, NPCs can do this too. Um, it may not happen often, but they're certainly allowed. Um, it, so when an attacker would reduce a creature to zero hit points with a melee attack, the attacker can instead reduce the creature to one hit point. The creature then has the unconscious condition and starts a short rest. Um, the creature remains unconscious until it regains any hit points or until someone uses an action to administer first aid to it, which requires a successful DC-10 wisdom medicine check. So that, that DC-10 wisdom medicine check is much more like smelling salts than mm-hmm. any faffing around with bandages. Right. Right. Because... All you're accomplishing with this medicine check is ending the unconscious condition. Again, medicine did not need to get worse. Right. So I, I really desperately yeah. hope to see some kind of new thing around medicine. Otherwise, 
it's a trap skill for players who uh i don't know trust the rules design too much yeah it, it, it's it's not necessary i what i find interesting about this is um it makes creatures at one hit point unconscious yep. and well they oh. would have gone to zero but now but- because you did because you just knocked them out now they don't go to zero they go to one but you've purposefully knocked them out yep. and given you've applied to them the unconscious condition whereas a creature that's just knocked to one hit point is not unconscious so right. now you're creating a situation where you can have two creatures with the same situation one hit point and one of them is unconscious and one of them is not because you have applied an unconscious condition to one of them but not the other one well right i mean conditions conditions can be whatever i i I understand i'm just saying like for me it's similar to your issue with dying right like you haven't really resolved one of the pro you know a, a particular problem instead now we're at a situation where we're talking around applying a particular condition you know to a creature but yep. it has the same you know if you just look at their hit points it's the same yep so the condition is what matters is is my point and that's the same thing with dying right it's yep. the con- it's that you have the condition of dying that matters it's not actually how many hit points you have. It's that you have the condition. And right. so that's kind of the shift they're going for. Um, but it's really hard to shift anything away from hit points in D&D because it's such an important piece of the rules tech. Yep. Right. So I, I it remains to be seen for me how this is really going to work and be explained in game. Um, there's a new entry for short rests. Um in one hour period of downtime, um, the changes are not a lot, um, except that you can cast cantrips as part of your short rest. Um, you can't cast any other spell. Um, rolling initiative interrupts short rest. Taking damage interrupts short rest. No one's really surprised there. Mm-hmm. Um, but some features are recharged by a short rest because they are, and that's right. a you know that those a move that we mm-hmm. approved of highly. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, this is basically the same. Um, my feeling is that they are continuing to like, resist one of the obvious ways to get people to take more short rests, which is to uh, make them less than a whole hour so that you aren't making the Make them feel like, well, an hour passes in timeline. I can't justify this place being safe enough for an hour to pass without us getting attacked. Mm-hmm. You know, half an hour maybe at a stretch, but you know, the five minutes of fourth editions, uh, uh, you know, rests between combats. It was very easy to justify five minutes passing. Is my point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before the you know locations defenders should be doing something about you um yeah uh i don't see them moving to a five minute short rest i, I, don't, I don't see them moving to a five minute short rest i would like them to at least uh explore a 30 minute short rest mm-hmm. i won't get what i want but i can i can or even it. 15 minute right 15 or 20 minute right sure 
Like sure. in anything that's a that's an easy chunk of an hour that you could think of, but not yeah. an hour. Right. Well, and part of what's going on there, I'm sure, has to do with spell durations. They mm-hmm. want things with they want the idea of things with a one hour right. duration yeah, to yeah, expire. Sure. Yeah, I get it, but, but they're yeah. wrong. <laughs> I, I feel you. Um, there's a new entry for telepathy. Uh, I like that telepathy is getting standardized across across implementations. Having a bunch of different kinds of telepathy that had different rules for communication was not actually as interesting as it was burdensome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're a Kalistar, a great old lone warlock, you might be looking at uh, a few different kinds of telepathy in the offing. You know, some from spells, some from subclass right. features, some from being Kalistar. A little much. Let's let's get that standardized. They can just all work the same way, and it's okay. Um, so you know, good move there. Um, yeah, and the and the right the rules uh, as written are very clear in the two or three paragraphs that they use to explain but, what's going on. That's but like we as people who've been gaming for a long time know that the only true telepathy needs you to establish. Uh, three tangents to to create contact. Sure, um, but this is <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, for anyone who is scratching their heads, that's a reference <laughs> to Second Edition's Complete Psionics Handbook. Uh, it's, it's the psionics that I grew up on. Mm. I, I don't actually think it was great, qua great. It was certainly a a, a single it vision. Was- that did a thing. Yeah. And a lot of what it did was make it really hard to play a telepath. It was, it was a unified vision. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and finally the unconscious condition that we've been talking about. Um, it, it does the things that unconscious previously did plus some more explicit um, expressions like unaware, you're unaware of your surroundings. Sure. Fine. Um and it specifies that you fall over. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, you you anyway. now have the prone condition and the incapacitated condition and the unconscious condition. Yep. And, and that's that's all fine. I, I have no problem with what's actually happening there. Sure. Um, so uh, that gets us through new entries. Now for the revised stuff. Um, I absolutely love that for the revised entries, they summarized what the change was. Mm-hmm. I mean... You're gonna write a change log. Just, yeah, just commit and great. Mm-hmm. Um, so D20 tests, uh, rolling a one on a D20 no longer awards inspiration, which is now called heroic advantage. Guys, I don't know how to tell you this. Changing it from inspiration to heroic advantage, you're still using a word that shows up a ton yeah. in the rules. Mm-hmm. There's this kind of book. I can't think of the name of it. <laughs> it's for finding words that mean similar things. It start it, 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 it. Well, there's two books. Uh-huh. One of them sounds like a dinosaur, and one of them starts with a dick. So, oh, oh. Well, all right. <laughs> the the second one sounds like it's probably considered pornographic in several states of the union now. Possibly, yes. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'm going to leave that joke just where it's lying and not try to touch that anymore. (laughs) Um, So 
Yeah. So the, the name is still a problem. Heroic mm-hmm. inspiration to heroic advantage is not better. Heroic advantage is closer to what it gets you. Uh, sure. So That's- I appreciate that, but it needs to be a heroic reroll for God's sake. Well, and then even where they describe it, it says heroic advantage. When you have heroic advantage, and then in parentheses, also called inspiration. Yeah, thanks, guys. You can expend it to give yourself advantage on a D20 test. Right. Uh, But, you know, it now uh, behaves like a re-roll, so that's good. Mm -hmm. Except that it is is advantage for times when advantage matters, Mm -hmm. like sneak attacking, but also... It's a re-roll because you can declare it after rolling the D20. Right. Okay, fine. Sure. I'm just saying, uh, put it, name it something else. Take the name advantage out of it. I, I agree. I agree. That's um, too heavy. That, that word already has too heavy of a rules burden on it yeah. in this edition because advantage disadvantage is a thing. Yep. I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, it's interesting that they've moved back to uh, DM can award it whenever they feel like mm-hmm. if you've done something cool or in character uh, and then humans still get it as their species thing. So, right. Okay, fine. Which is also very odd wording. Just my grammatical spider sense tingles. Some game features comma, such as the human comma also yep. award heroic event. Um, the human is a game feature. No, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, I, that's just, a. I mean, I know it's a play test is fine. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, uh, I mean the, what it, what it needs to kind of say is such as such and such feature of the human species. Yeah. 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 And I, and I get it. I'm just, it's, fine. <laughs> it's just fine. Uh, no, I'm, um, there. Um, I, I, I'm more, I'm more upset about, putting the word advantage in that little piece of rules text. You know, For sure. We're going to name this quote heroic advantage. No, no, no stop. my friends. No, please don't. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, that's the <laughs> problem adjusted. Um, mm. uh, difficult terrain. Uh, your allies no longer difficult terrain for you. Uh, and furniture is difficult terrain. If it's one size smaller than you or larger. Um, just clarifying what you can readily step over. Um, you know, a tiny footstool, no, a small footstool, yes. Um, yeah. I, I will I will say if you've had to cross a room full of uh, tiny pieces of furniture before, it probably is difficult terrain. <laughs> Especially if it's made of Lego. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um I'm not completely sure how I feel about your allies no longer uh, creating difficult terrain for you. Uh, but I guess if we're going to talk about, yeah, it's a five by five square. That is by such a great margin of space for two people to like, be in that space and not in contact. Yeah. Your ally just moves out of the way because it's six seconds. Yeah. People do that. And I'm, I can be fine with that. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, there, there, there is some amount of abstraction that you know they yeah. have to say that a single medium-sized creature takes up a five by five square. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. That, that doesn't it doesn't bother me that it works that way. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you that moving through that should not be that hard. Yeah. Um, Maybe in melee, if you're in melee, well, number one, why are you moving through your ally spot? But but, yeah, well, because I, you want to get around to the other side. Right. Like, uh, 
I can see situations where that would come up is all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, and, and I get it, but like, I, I don't know. It seems to me that, that just, just take that away. Like, sure. It doesn't need to be difficult terrain. Uh, right. And that's what they've done. I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, so equipping weapons as a subsection of attacking, um, they've tried to further clarify how equipping and equipping works. Um, and, uh, what what it now says is um, you can equip or unequip one weapon before or after each attack you make as part of this action. Um, there's still plenty of room for that to cause difficulty because mm-hmm. unequipping includes dropping it. So you can't just drop something for free anymore. Right. Which is weird. Um, and if you need to stow something, like do it at the end of one attack and then draw at the start of the next attack, I guess. Um, mm, but I guess, yeah, yeah, it's it's probably I, still I, at I some risk like of corner cases. Dropping should be free. I'm sorry. I, I certainly feel that. I think the dropping should be free, but you know that was part of the uh, uh, you uh, object interaction. Bit also mm-hmm. that right. they are trying to excise because they didn't do a good enough job of teaching people about it before. Right. Um, so uh, fly speed, they have changed what causes you to fall. You now once again uh, fall if you are uh, if you gain the prone condition uh, or you're or incapacitated or your fly speed is reduced to zero if you don't have the hover trait. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's the hover trade is not specified in the fly spell at any point, uh, which is maybe surprising because in a lot of ways, uh, I feel like uh, the fly spell acts like optimal superhero flight and the PCs do expect to be able to hover, mm-hmm. but that's not specified in the spell description. So you can't, I guess. Well, and I mean, and if fly speed, it specifically says if you're flying, you fall if you don't hover. So like they're making it interact in a very clear manner. It's just, it's kind of like the dropping thing, right? Yeah. Well, if I've got wings uh, or if I've got a fly spell cast upon me, why can't I hover? Like, I I think people just expect to be able to hover. Right. Like. Especially with the fly spell, I do think people always visualize it as uh, I fly like Superman. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I, I go exactly where I want to go. I'm not meaningfully affected by even strong winds. Right. And if I want to hover five feet above the ground, that's fine. Uh, you know, that that's just the narrative yeah. people expect. Right. And it's not the case of oh well, I have to start flying and then I have to land at the end. And I'm only going from point A to point B because if there's a strong wind or if I stay flying and I get and then and I can't hover, then I'm going to fall and die. Like, that's just not I don't know. I agree with you. In this case, it's about narrative. Like, I understand their rules. They're making it very clear, but it doesn't really fit with the idea of what being having fly cast upon you is. Yep. What everybody's Uh, envisioning. So next up is grappled, which has changed again. 
Uh, we're we're three for three for changes to grapple. Um, so so right, uh, they've tweaked the uh, wording on movable, but the real thing here is that um, escaping uh, there, there's no free escape attempt at the end of your turn. That's mm-hmm. not a thing anymore, and that was previously the main way you escaped. And as we talked about, that created problems. Because right. if you escape, but it's the end of your turn, you and can't do anything yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, like the grappler is sticky, completely sticky. You can't leave. Uh, well, now you can use your action and skills get to come out to play again. Uh, athletics and acrobatics uh, are your skills for escaping uh, instead of being a saving throw. Right. Um, Which is good. Um, absolutely. Um, it's worth seeing the underlined um, and capitalized moves uh, in the movable thing. Um, and that has to do with uh, that move is a something you do on your turn right. by, uh, under your own volition mm-hmm. so that shoving someone away is not a move for them. Right. Right. That is about trying to, in as few words as possible, in as gracefully designed sense as possible, uh, resolve the the business with does shoving break a grapple or does the grappled creature travel with them um, that we've been talking about. Right. The Uh, whole problem that it was creating with that. Right. The, The new problem is just that. Resolving that correctly requires a tolerably subtle understanding of how they're using rules language. Mm-hmm. Um, they really are formal enough in their rules language now that parsing it correctly is no longer obvious, and they want to like they have competing goals here where they want this to be easy to learn, but it requires a, a keen understanding of how they use language to parse it properly. Um, and so they're not getting the um, ease of use for an uninitiated player that I think they desperately want. Right. Uh, this isn't awful, uh, but I, I do think that the the useful part of the meaning of capital M moves is a little opaque mm-hmm. to people who don't kind of do this for a living. Right. Um, we'll see. Um, uh, all right. So next up after grappled uh, is the help action. It's a very minor clarification, but you can now... Um, Use the help action with uh, tool proficiencies also. Uh, as a reminder, the change to the help action uh, is that you have to be proficient in order to help. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to be proficient to try the thing in the first place. You do have to be proficient in order to help. Uh, this creates the weird situation where if you have uh, one person who is not proficient but has a pretty good ability score bonus. 
next to a person who is proficient and has roughly the same ability score bonus. Uh, at early levels of the game, it is mechanically optimal to have the non-proficient character uh, roll the main check mm-hmm. and the proficient character help them. Right. Because the benefit of advantage is greater than the benefit of your proficiency bonus on average. Right. And this is, again, not to pull Pathfinder 2 into it, but this is very much like um, something you can do in Pathfinder 2 where uh, you can actually follow the leader. And But the thing is, you're making the check and the person who's leading you, or in other words, helping you perform that particular activity, has to be a certain proficiency in order uh-huh. to be able to assist you in that way. And this is yeah. the same exact thing that happens here. It's just that in Pathfinder 2, there's a lot more rules bits around all of those because there's different levels of proficiency that you can have at yeah. different times. Not everybody's proficiency is the same. So it ends up making a tiny bit more sense there in that case. Whereas here, yeah, at low levels, it kind of almost puts the cart before the horse. But I mean, I'm I'm not too upset about this. Like this doesn't bother me. Right. The change here is fine. The baseline new rule is a little oh I you're telling me we were able to help too often. Are you sure? Right. Yeah. Um yeah. because there are so many skill situations for which help doesn't make sense in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right. Um Yep. Yeah. It's fine. I agree. Uh we already talked about heroic advantage, uh incapacitated. Um, they've clarified that it still blocks bonus actions. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, long rest has changed. Um, scrolling down to that. Um, so the uh, regaining of hit points and hit dice unchanged. Um, they have added the, set, the, the piece where um, some features are recharged by a long rest. If you have such a feature, it recharges in the way specified in the description. I mean, this amounts to just reminding you to go check your features mm-hmm. to see when they refresh. Yep, yep. Since exactly. it is yeah. just pointing to rules that already exist. Right. That's fine. It's a little, a little unusually redundant for them, uh, but it's fine. I think it's basically just a reminder. It's just saying, look, you should get to know your character. Right. You, should, um, you should be familiar with what recharges on a long rest for you. Right. Don't, don't and, wait for the DM to tell you. And they're still tinkering with um, some of the rules around interrupting. Um, so uh, interrupted now by rolling initiative, uh, casting a spell other than a zero level spell. That's interesting. Um taking any damage or one hour of walking or other physical exertion. Um, so, so right. Uh, the, the change is uh, adding, taking any damage. Um, and, um, and then uh, I think this is the same as before, right? If it was yeah. at least one hour long yep, that, before that's the, the same as get the short rest, but then it says, uh, you require one additional hour to finish per interruption. So the interruption. Uh, that's piece, actually unchanged also. Yeah. 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 It's the same as before. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Like those yeah, yeah. two pieces, but they fit, they fit into the interrupting arrest issue. And I mean, yep. we talked about, we've talked about the interrupting arrest thing uh, yep. enough, I think. <laughs> uh, right. We, we absolutely. 
covered that in, in detail in um, the last two episodes of, well, the last two packets, yeah. the episodes on those packets. Yeah. Um, I already covered changes to move mm-hmm. um, and uh, changes to your speeds is uh, a new uh, way of talking about uh, ha- having a speed of zero. Um, yeah. And, and finally, unarmed strike. Um, the change here um, is um, uh, grappling and shoving no longer delivered by um, an attack roll. Um, it so is now an strength. option that forces yeah. a save, a strength or dex save. Yeah. I am much happier with this. I love that grappling can be used to get around AC. We, we mm-hmm. talked about that a lot. Yeah. I w- was not a fan of the attacks against AC. I like this forces a save. Um, the only issue I have with it is that um, paladins are going to be very, very vulnerable to to grappling um, because strength isn't strength index are not uh, proficient saves for them. Mm-hmm. They're they're warriors who don't have warrior style saves. Right. They're not warrior group. They they behave like you know. Uh, Warrior Bros is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's always been weird to me that they had wisdom and charisma as their proficient saves. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, I think this exacerbates that a little bit. Fortunately, they don't have difficulty gaining athletics as a proficient skill mm-hmm. uh, in class. So they can break out uh, just as well as anybody. They just or more likely, more likely to be temporarily grappled. So that's weird. It's not the end of the world, but it's weird. Um, shove is likewise a strength or dex saving throw. Um, the creature well, chooses which. Oh, yeah, yeah, because their escape attempt can be athletic. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so the initial save to not be grappled is a save, fully a save. Yep. To escape a grapple once you are once you once you have been applied the grappling the grappled condition. <laughs> yep. Once the grappled condition has been applied to you, yep. now you have to escape. And escape is athletics. Right. And so there's a sense of yeah. defense is a you know, your 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 automatic defense is a save, your mm-hmm. active effort is a skill. That's fine. That's fine. I don't hate that. Um it is just weird in the ways that it's harder to get good at those things. If, sure, if they're but forced if, to be more different. If somebody's going to run up to my paladin and grab them, grab the scruff of their tunic and try to grapple them, uh, we'll, we'll be to that. <laughs> right. Cool. You, right. You know, I don't have disadvantage on attacks against you. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, right. Um, it, it, it becomes, it reaches its most weird, right? When you're looking at comparison to a ranger mm-hmm. who have uh, strength indexes, proficient saves, and could be proficient in athletics, right? And could have expertise in athletics, right? Yeah, you're you're not grappling that guy. Yeah, yeah. it's just is it mm-hmm. you know really the the right narrative for the ranger to be that much better at uh, 
resisting and escaping grapples than the paladin because right. uh, it's a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that being something a uh, more swashbuckly type of PC should sure. be able to do, right? Sure. But not necessarily just your average generic ranger. Right. Um, and, and, you know, rogues absolutely want acrobatics and maybe expertise in acrobatics, and sure. they have proficiency in deck saves. Mm-hmm. But rogues being extra slippery is totally reasonable to me uh, to a greater extent than uh, rangers are that much better than paladins at this. Mm-hmm. Now, I also want to say that I do understand that paladins eventually get to add their charisma save, is the charisma bonus to that strength save, because that's paladins for you. Mm-hmm. It's right here in this document. Uh, so I, I, I am to some extent uh, beating a uh, yeah. self-solving horse. Sure. Um, you're tilting at your own windmill now. I, I am to some extent. Yeah. But that's okay. Because the thing is, they don't have that right away. Right. So it takes it a is, while. There's, there's, there's a major chunk of play where it yeah. isn't quite right. lining up the, the most ideal way. Right. Uh, but like I said, if the person wants to come up and grab my paladin. Yeah. Bring it. Oh, yeah. you found my melee range? Sweet. <laughs> um, really only a problem if you have uh, you know, a, a bunch of mooks who are grappling the paladin while the paladin is right there next to the boss. Come on, stop. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dog pile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a tactic that should work. It just should work about equally well for all of Right. Your, uh, your your melee bruiser types. Right. It shouldn't not work for the ranger. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, that yeah. brings us to the end of this document. Um, and so, Sam, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I think I had. I, I like the changes to the to the uh, rules glossary. Uh-huh. Um, I, I actually liked most of the spell changes. Uh, yeah. I like that they're trying to be more clear about things. Um, I I like the paladin. Uh-huh. Um, I think o- overall, as with all of the classes, in, in my brain at least at this point, as with all the classes that we've seen in these UA documents, I think um, the druid and paladin are, are greatly reduced in power. Um, I don't know that I have a problem with that. I'm just stating it as a perception I have, whether that remains the same or not is yet to be seen. Um, but, uh, it feels okay for me, uh, with the paladin. I do, I do think that I have major, some major issues with the druids wild shape, um, stat blocks uh, that we covered extensively. So I don't necessarily want to rehash those. Um, but I think, I like the idea of where they're going with having the procedural stat block. I think that is a good piece of tech, right? Rules mechanic tech. Uh, I'm not, I I think it needs some fine tuning and I think they're doing that. So I'm okay. Um, Overall, I think this is a really good packet actually. Um, Um, I like most of what it's bringing me. Uh, Some of the things I'm kind of scratching my head, but for the most part, I'm, I'm happy with it. How about you? Um, 
I'm I'm substantially dissatisfied with the Druid. Uh, the concept of the procedural stat block, great, love it. Mm-hmm. The implementation of the procedural stat block, oh no. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the Druid, it's not great. Right. And that's why I said I don't want to rehash yeah, yeah, yeah. all that. Um, that's that's the stuff that I wasn't rehashing, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I, I'm going to be guilty of rehashing. I just no, want to no, get, this, get this out one more time. I really want to make sure that uh, if a class gets a feature, it's pretty applicable to all the different subclasses that are going to belong to that class. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the Druid is really falling short on this. Uh, they've spread out a bunch of features to make sure there aren't dead levels. It's just that those features are only actually helpful and not uh, a big sad trombone noise mm-hmm. for Moon Druids. Um but it highlights one of the fundamental strangenesses of the Druid as a class. Um, this is true to a greater extent with the Druid than any other single class. Um, no two subclasses have, an, uh, have even the outermost similarities of a, of a play style. And Circle of the Moon is more different from other subclasses of that class than maybe any other class has. Uh, the Blade Singer for Wizard is probably your your runner up, and it's barely even a runner up in terms of differing from the rest of the class and needing totally different things from the rest of members of that class. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Thirteenth Age Druid is a really interesting. Uh, pardon the pun, cat. Um, <laughs> In that you pull together a playstyle out of talents, but there's some very conflicting, or at least dissimilar things there. Not conflicting is really what I mean. But um, are you someone who hangs back and casts? Are you someone who transforms and goes in and mauls things as a kitty cat or a bear or whatever? Um, you know, are you someone who commands a, a beast companion to go maul things for you while you uh, stand back and uh, hold its Pokeball waiting to tell it to go back home? And, you know, mm-hmm. what what kind of druid do you want to be? And, like, D&D is still responsible for supporting all of those, but it does so... Uh, with a little bit more difficulty if there are going to be that many features in the core druid that are non-features for people other than moon druids. Um, So I I think that's still an outstanding problem. I'm overall very pleased with the paladin. Um, I have very little bad to say about the paladin. Um, I am overall very pleased with the changes to um, epic feats. I'm very pleased with the uh, the main of the changes to spells. Um, I do think a lot of the changing around of um, the school that each spell is in is not really delivering a lot. Um, and uh, needing to remember which school your spell is in or go look it up because traditionally um, 
that is not something that is just included in the normal format of, spell, of your uh, character sheet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's not great. It's not ideal. Um, well, and and not to put too fine a point on it, but changing the school of certain spells so that you can further uh, limit certain classes or subclasses from using certain spells because yeah. they're going to have spell school and spell type, right? Because now everything's in a category, divine, primal, whatever, right. whatever. Like if you're going to use that as a way to delineate what, class has access to what now and don't get me wrong i'm an old school player i don't have any problem making it so that certain classes can't use certain spells that's not where my problem is where my problem is is that they're changing the school related to certain spells seemingly just to make it so that they have an easier time slotting different spells into those lists that they're perceiving right and I don't necessarily think, I think if that's the only reason you're changing the school that a spell belongs to, that's not a good enough reason for me to change that spell school. That's where my problem comes from. Yep, I get you. Um, then getting to the rules glossary, um, most of the changes I'm good with, I think that they've managed a real problem adjusted on the dying unconscious situation. Um, <laughs> I, I have a really hard time seeing how this is improving clarity in the way that I'm sure they're going for. Um, uh, I, I guarantee you it's almost not improving clarity because you have now, again, like I said, you've got situation where you can have two combatants on a battlefield, one with one hit point and one with one hit point. Or I should say both with one hit point and one of them is dead and one of them is not. One of them is, or one of them is, uh, one of them is unconscious and one of them is not, but yet, Otherwise, their statistics are on par. Like it's, it's just, it's just going to create confusion in, in an unnecessary manner. It, it does not need to happen that way, and that's because they're trying to make that dying condition adhere to a certain set of circumstances, so that you can tag and keyword a lot of other, you know, things off of that. I, I don't know. It just, I, I'm yep. not seeing the benefit of it at this point. So, yep. Um. All else taken together, this is a, a pretty good packet. Um, pretty pretty solid here. Just um, there are other things that we want to still see some more some more changes on. So mm-hmm. that will that will wrap it for me. Yeah, I I I agree. I think uh, for the most part, I'm I'm okay with these. I'm still willing, you know, for even for the things I have a problem with, I'm still willing to give the benefit of the doubt here that. We're going to see some things. I think the Druid, uh, I hope the Druid is getting a lot of feedback because I do think that that's where our biggest problems are at this point. Yep, yep. Um, And I'm always going to be curious to see how um, responses to, you know, one packet or such might affect earlier packets. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. In, in new drafts that we see. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. You know, who knows? Um, All right, sir. So, yeah. So, Sam, uh, where can our listeners find you on the internet? You can find me on RPGmusings.com. You can also find me on the Tome Show Discord, or you can go over to that Hellscape 
Tweety Bird site and find me at DM Samuel, or you can go to DM Samuel at dice.camp if you are on the uh, Mastodon site. Otherwise, yeah. What about you, sir? Well, uh, I am still on Twitter uh, for the time being, though I talk there a lot less than I used to. Um, uh, I'm at Brenda Stoddard there on Mastodon. I am at Brenda Stoddard at uh, dice.camp. Um, I'd especially love to hear from you on Mastodon. Be nice to have some some conversations mm-hmm. going on over there again. Yeah. Um, my my feed has been a little quieter, and I haven't had a lot of time to talk there. Um, then I write for tribality.com. Um, my personal blog is brendastoddard.com, and my Patreon is Brenda Stoddard. Um, so, um, do you have any last words? Yeah. In in closing. Um, the the legal situation for our trans friends and family has gotten massively worse in this country uh, since the last time I recorded an episode, um, and it was bad then. So support trans rights, please. You know, trans people are people. First and foremost. <laughs>